in our uh, second and final segment, uh, we're going to be looking at a group that is pioneering a new model of labor organizing that fills a huge void left by traditional unions that don't emphasize uh, so much uh, organizing the unorganized. Uh, the Indies Amagagarian uh, wrote the cover story on the uh, for this month's uh, print edition of The Independent on the Emergency Workplace Organizing Committee, committee or EWOC. Uh, uh, Amba, you covered various labor battles in the city over the past year, including spending many months uh, covering the struggle uh, to win a union at Amazon's uh, Staten Island warehouses. Uh, what did you find most interesting uh, as you uh, dove into this story about EWOC? Well... Um, so much is interesting, but I think something that really stands out for me is, you know, after having spoken with um, a fair amount of young workers, but also in doing this coverage, a lot of older people who have been involved in the labor movement and in union organizing for a long time and who have uh, sort of been very frustrated now for a long time with the lack of action with all time lows now for the past 20, 30 years and organizing in elections coming now, uh, you know, there's this surge all of a sudden. And it really shows that, you know, when workers come out of the woodwork and say, we want rights. And when something big happens, like a pandemic that really unveils a lot of the um, corruption and, and inability for the U.S. government to sort of provide um, the basic needs of its people and to sort of oversee workers' rights, then people are going to come out and say, we want rights. And it just shows that it is possible to actualize social change, even when it feels like it's not. But you have to say that you want it and do something about it and get together with other people in a similar situation and act. And it can work because look at what we're seeing. So with that, um, we're really happy to be joined by uh, two of the EWOC organizers. So again, EWOC, Emergency Workplace Organizing Committee, we're going to use the acronym EWOC. Um, here today, we're, gonna, we're with Eric Dernbach, longtime organizer. And uh, we now, too, have Wen Zwang, and they both are, are really in the thick of it with EWOC. Welcome, both of you, to WBAI Radio. Thanks. Great to be here. Hey, good to be here. Great. Uh, Wen, let's start with you. Uh, can you describe how EWOC uh, began two years ago and what the motivation was and how it's been able to help workers uh, since then? Yeah, I feel like Eric was actually involved maybe earlier than I was, but I think it was really coming on the heels of, you know, like uh, the Bernie campaign ending and um, we were in the midst of the pandemic and it was the start of that. And also we had been met with, you know, more or less the great resignation of sorts, as people were saying. Um, so it was just all this like confluence of a bunch of different unfortunate things that I think, while unfortunate, uh, made it so that woke workers up a little bit. Um, they got, I think, across the board, a lot of, you know, usually unorgan difficult to organize industries like service, like retail, you know, both places that I've worked a lot of my life in as well, um, sort of came, uh, stood up and said, you know, this is actually really awful. Our health is at risk. Uh, some of these workers don't have proper health and health guidelines at the workplace. Um, and it really got to a boiling point where we were like, okay, these are our lives. You know, we work, this is what we do with our lives and this is our lives and we need to do something about it. And I think that that's where, um, that's where Ewok kind of came in and, and started and uh, answered to for a really long time. And since then, I think has grown in different shapes and ways. But I think that general principle sort of remind, remains the same, which is just that we really try to help 
offer support to an answer to be something, you know, be someone on the other end for every worker and in every industry uh, at whatever level of organizing that they're at. Um, and I think that that's something that's very rare, has not existed before. Um, but yeah, I don't know, Eric, if you want to add a little bit to that. I think that that was my brief little elevator pitch. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's exactly right. I mean, there certainly was a need two years ago to find ways to assist tens of millions of essential workers that were confronting more dangerous conditions at work. And I've been working for unions for, for over 20 years and unions are organizing all the time, but there is just not the capacity um, to give information about organizing um, to the tens of millions of workers that want it. Surveys show that something like 50, five, zero million non-union private sector workers want to be in a union, that it, it's, it's a tremendous number of folks that are kind of hungry for this information. Um, standard unions are talking to workers all the time, but again, there's just not the capacity to reach out. So what we need is just more efforts to provide education and training about how to organize. And look, any small group of workers at any workplace can start organizing today. Um, there are more formal ways of doing it and there are less formal ways of doing it. And so EWOC is just, it's one program that's out there that I think has been growing and been really successful in finding ways to educate and train many, many more workers in how to do this. Right. And, and can you just uh, break down like the, this very pretty simple approach that was set up at, at the beginning you know, when EWOC was uh, founded two years ago, where it's, it's basically like a, a, a digital hotline where people can submit a form and then they'll hear back from one of your organizers within 72 hours. Uh, it's simple, but ingenious. And, and, and can you just kind of describe uh, how that's uh, worked and, and what kind of people you have on the other end who can uh, respond to these uh, queries? Yeah. And the process has evolved over time. I think that's exactly right. A, a website was set up. I wasn't around for like the first month. So I'm sure it was a scramble. Uh, a website is set up where you can fill out a form basically saying, Hey, I'm interested in talking. And then the goal these days is to contact everybody within 72 hours. We don't often get everybody on the phone, but, but, but we hope to. And we have intake organizers that will try to reach folks and do a basic interview, collecting basic uh, uh, intake information on the job and what the issues are, et cetera. Um, if the worker wants to move forward, then they are connected with an advanced organizer. I have been one of those for the last two years where we will have a series of conversations for as long as they want to about getting organizing going. Um, and we have basically kind of a five-step process, which is on the website, and we have more educational materials on there. But basically, worker-to-worker -worker conversations are key, and we will just guide folks through that process. And we also have more formal trainings every few months that folks can go through. Um, but oftentimes, folks don't know where to start. Um, and so we can provide um, kind of you know basic framework for that. It's, it's not necessarily easy, and it is not without risk. And I think folks understand that. Um, but, you know, regular unions are not usually set up to kind of handle inquiries from workers all over the place. You've got to find the right union at the right time, at the right place. EWOC, I think, to its credit, is, is now kind of a basic service where it will respond and try to help any worker in any workplace, whatever they want to do. It's a basic level of solidarity that's really needed. Yeah. So oh, go ahead, one. Go ahead. I'm just going to add quickly is like, I think it really goes like we underestimate how far it goes to just have somebody on the other end to say, hey, this sounds like it's rough what you're going through. Let's maybe bounce some ideas off on like what we can do next. And that next, right, looks like a totally a million different things. It can be just like having literally one conversation with a coworker that they haven't yet had is like they have a problem. They're like, I don't know what to do. I'm about to quit. Let's try this last thing. And they do it. And then I think like 
the, I think what we always talk about is like the effect of that first initial conversation or the effect of Ewok coming in to support. A lot of the, a lot of the like ultimate effects we don't even see. Like sometimes workers will end up quitting this job, but they'll take what that, what that support kind of gave them into a next job. Or I think something that also is, is very unique with Ewok is that a lot of the workers that come through us, they, they sort of graduate into being organizers, organizers themselves. And so there are these like levels of being involved in Ewok that shift and change. And some of them will quit the job that they came first to us to organize um, and become Ewok organizers and they'll be on the other side. So I think that there's this, it takes like a really inter, really robust and well-organized internal organizing structure of these intake volunteers, as well as this kind of uh, external, you know, stuff that we're building up. So that's, 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 um, you know, an interesting, an interesting comment that you're making about the internal structure. Um, I think in, in my coverage and, and just what I've been noticing lately with this sort of shifting time we're in where people are noticing a lot of things that they're unhappy with. I see that, organizations are successful when they spend uh, a decent amount of energy, maybe like, like, you know, 15 to 25% of their energy, at least on internal organizing. And the group we just spoke with uh, before you guys, Brooklyn Eviction Defense uh, Tenant Organizers, they too have a successful model very much in part because they spend a lot of time in internal organizing. And I'm making that point um, just so organizers who are listening, <laughs> uh, can, you can hear that, you know, but tell us a little bit about uh, uh, why don't you start when, and then we'll have Eric add on, tell us about who's reaching out to you. And then just in a little bit more detail, so our listeners can understand sort of like the breadth of options you offer from a phone uh, call to a full out you know, either maybe um, independent union campaign or joining another union or. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, to your point, I, um, I was, I heard in another talk, somebody saying, you know, this isn't all of this isn't rocket science. It's just really, really difficult work. And a lot of that difficult work is basically just like a ton of follow-up, a ton of like consistency, um, a lot of pushing, finding the right ways to push individual people in the ways that they should be pushed and not just like, pushing them to do something. Um, I think that just to give you a sense of the, the breath, I think, you know, like I mentioned, we had, uh, you know, our fabulous, we have a fabulous kind of internal like media team as well. And like uh, an angle that we had come up with was this kind of like, don't quit organize angle, right? It's like a lot of, because I think that that's reflective of a lot of the workers that come through and fill out forms is that they're at this moment where it's a little bit of a desperate condition. Like this is maybe the last thing that they're willing to do before, you know, they leave and they go to another job. Um, and basically emphasizing how important that step is that they took to to fill out this form so the breadth of workers looks like you know reach like i said a, a lot of like uh, traditionally kind of like unorganized or difficult to organize sectors so like retail service you know uh restaurants grocery stores like all across that and also i think a lot of nonprofit workers um i know eric you've worked with some like bookstore workers as well in the past um so i think that's really the breadth of it. And, and, and the, the services that we offer really range from plugging people into the upcoming trainings we have. We're also, I think that our training team is doing a lot of sort of creative thinking about like what kinds of new trainings, how to design trainings um, to be effective. So plugging them into trainings, um, like I said, someone on the other end to just be like, hey, I had a weird conversation today with a worker. What do you think about this? And then just having, you know, an organizing support be like, I think this, or I think it's good. Um, and Frequent check-ins, um, I think a lot of the times the first 
initial steps is identifying leaders in their coworkers, as well as um, identifying ish, like widely felt issues in their workplace and how to mobilize people around them. Um, so we'll do that. And that can look like, you know, helping them write a petition, helping them kind of get that out. Or yeah, like you mentioned, initially, eventually when they get to a point where they feel like they're ready and we feel like it's a good good step to connect them with the union, et cetera. But Eric, am I missing something? Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, I think, you know, folks from a wide variety of uh, sectors that are, I think, essential workers like food service um, and education and healthcare uh, have reached out. I think at this point, it's it's well over 3000 workers that have reached out at like six, seven hundred different employers and not all of them start organizing. I think, you know, again, as Wen says, some of them, some of them are about to quit or, or, or they realize they don't want to do it. But for those that do want to go forward, yeah, it's conversations among coworkers. It's forming an organizing committee. So you're not doing this alone. It's like getting a full list of workers and having conversations and finding out the key issues that folks have and then thinking about taking action. And one kind of paradynamic action is to get hopefully a majority of workers to sign on to a petition asking for like three to five things and like doing what we call a march on the boss where you like bring it to your boss saying we need these things and i think what's amazing is that oftentimes with enough organizing and enough strength and solidarity you can make gains you can win some things in the workplace and so that's kind of like that's union organizing it's not formal there's no formal recognition there's no contract but folks are doing it um then we would say at that point take stock of where you're at and if you want to make this more formal we could think about doing a union election, getting recognition and bargaining a contract, uh, which is the more formal way that, that folks can do it. But I want to emphasize that any group of workers can basically form a union of their own right now and start organizing. You don't have to wait for anybody. And so just you know, reach out to EWAC and we can talk about it. And, and Eric, uh, tell me quickly about the us, about the difference between uh, like an independent union and already established union and how we're seeing independent unions pop up with like ALU and Starbucks Workers United. Yeah, it's, it's a huge conversation. I mean, there are, you know, a few, several dozen established unions um, that will help workers organize and then workers will join those unions. But that's not the only route. Workers can also form their own independent union. It's not necessarily easy to do, but the Amazon workers in Staten Island have showed us that they can do it. They formed their own Amazon labor union. It's independent. And they organized and won an election at one facility. They lost the, the, the next one, um, you know, which, which we'll have to see what comes out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so they, they run their own union. You, know, you have bylaws, you do your own fundraising, you elect your own officers. Later on, if they want, they can affiliate with an established union. And maybe that's a conversation that will happen. So if that's something that workers are interested in doing, you know, EWOC can certainly help us, you know, help you strategize about how to do that. It's, it's a little bit uncharted terrain because it's not done that often, but it is, it is talked about more often now. And it should be. That's really good. Right. Uh, we're we're going to have to go here in about uh, 30 seconds. Uh, uh, can you highlight real quickly uh, uh, unions that you have uh, helped to uh, incubate or, or workforces that have unionized with Ewoks help? And then and then also let us know how, how people can get in touch with you. Well, just one example is, is a group of bookstore workers in Santa Cruz that did kind of informal organizing among themselves with a petition to win some demands around COVID issues. Then they wanted to formalize the process. So I helped connect them with an established union called the Communication Workers of America. They ran an election and won. I think it was something like 18 to 9 um, about, about a year ago. And they've been bargaining a contract with CWA's help um, ever since then. Hopefully we'll finish soon. Um, so that's just one example. And I think you know, part of it is finding the right union that is able to take on uh, uh, helping the workers um, at the right time. So that's certainly one avenue. Yeah. yeah, I think also a goal is to present as many options for the workers that we're supporting as possible, right? So when right. they get to a point, it's like, what is possible? Um, but yeah, with that said, I will plug 
if you want to get support to organize your workplace, like Eric said, at any time, if you're thinking about it, just reach out. There'll be someone on the other end. Um, it's just workerorganizing.org slash support is the forum. If you fill that out, somebody will get in touch with you in the next, in the, you know, the coming days. Um, and we do have an upcoming workplace training. So we offer these like longer trainings with Ewok, but we also offer, seconds. Oh, we also offer truncated, uh, like 90 minute trainings that we're going to be offering on June 2nd and June 3rd, um, one in the evening and one in the AM. And you can see those and register for them. Um, it's just bit.ly. So bit.ly slash NYC Ewok training. So NYC EWOC training. And then okay. uh, you can register for that. Thanks, right, we'll everybody. Have, sure. We'll have to leave it there. Uh, Wen Zhuang and Eric Dernbach from the Emergency Workplace Organizing Committee. Thank you so much for joining us this evening on WBAI radio. Thank you. Right. Uh, So uh, that uh, is uh, about the end of our show. Thanks to our board operator, Reggie Johnson. We'll be preempted next Tuesday, but we'll be back in two weeks on Tuesday, June 7th at our regular time. Reminder to pick up the new issue of the Indy around the city and uh, or look for us online at independent.org. Ambo, what's our parting song for this evening? So as you said, today is Bob Dylan's 81st birthday, and my good friend Aaron Gammon uh, organized a whole 70 songs. He's crazy. 70 songs and five hours at Washington Square Park. Go check him out. He's always there playing Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan from Canarsie, he says, and here's him singing today. Baby's got new clothes, but lately her ribbons and her bows have fallen from her curls. Well, she takes just like a woman, and she aches just like a woman, and she makes love just like a woman. She breaks down just like a little girl Queen Mary, she's my friend Yes, I believe I'll go see her again Nobody has to guess That her baby can't be blessed Till she sees finally She's like all the rest With her fog, her amphetamine